I texted you or you texted me when you got out. And I was like, how'd it go? And you're like, I'm writing a blog right now called What I Did Wrong. And I'm like, oh no, that sounds terrible. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Note to our listeners, this conversation was recorded with our husbands, Ian and Andy. They're often referred to as the twins, as you know, if you've listened to any previous episodes. In this episode, we talk about my family trip to the Boundary Waters this summer. This is a continuation of a conversation about Jody's family trip in episode 15. And as always, we hope that these conversations offer some insights and perspectives. If you're interested in making a similar trip to the wilderness, um, we do dive into the weeds in this episode. So please send us your questions if you have any. No question is a silly question. And keep your eye on our website and social media for reference maps and other helpful guides. Enjoy this episode. So you guys put in, you also did seven days. Okay, so we have a whole thing. All right. Our, our trip was not... So again, we did something very similar. We, first time, two canoes. Um, we had two North Star, North Wind 17s, so mm-hmm. very similar to the, the Minnesota 2. Um, and it was going to be our first time paddling, but Lynn was adamant she did not want to stern paddle because she didn't mm-hmm. want to learn any special strokes. <laughs> nope. Jack, our <laughs> 12-year-old, was 100% adamant that he was going to stern paddle. And he is a very special kid in the sense that once he is determined to learn something, he's going to learn it and he's going to do it. And so it's like, okay, great, you're going to be fine. Aubrey was going to be in with me because I figured, like you, if I had to solo, I could just shift a little bit forward and I would solo away and it'd be just fine. Um, and this is all if there's no wind. Right. Right. The mm-hmm. wind was the the chief concern for me. And it's so terrible. The whole. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> oh, over there. Holy crap. <laughs> just jump to the end. Why don't you? <laughs> So, Sorry. we got out of the Boundary Waters, never had a good time. We failed. Dun, dun, dun. I just failed at my so, story. I'm uh, sorry, Ian. About five days before we were going to put in, we were going like the northern border route. So, we were putting in on um, Saginaga. Yep. We're going to go up around American Point. We're going to come down to Esther, and we're going to do um, the Monument Portage, and then go into, um, now I can't remember the other lake we we're going to join into, but south of our, south arm of Knife. And then into Ogishkamunsi, and then over to um, uh, Alpine. Alpine Seagull and, and head out. And we had come up with a plan B, just in case. And that was going to be, we were going to paddle up. And if the wind was too strong, we were going to turn south into Red Rock. And then we were going to kind of do an alternate version of that trip. Because there's a lot of open water up it, there. Saginaw is a very massively large lake. And it, it, it looks it looks small because the border stops there. But then you have to remember it keeps going into Canada. So you get all, if you get wind coming from the west and the north, it's terrible. It's so about five days beforehand, I started looking at the weather and it started, it was like five to 10 miles an hour. And that's, that's not good. And then it was 10 to 15 miles an hour. And then it was... 10 to 20 miles an hour. And then it was 20 miles an hour with gusting at 35. Hmm. And I was like, oh, well, we're screwed. And there's a, a bunch of the outfitters up there offer towboat services. And you can get them to tow you to American Point or somewhere along the route and get out. And so we decided we're going to cut off a huge chunk in this big water. 
use the tow service, go around American Point, and we'll be fine. And then again, we had plan B, which would be to turn south again into Red Rock if it's still too windy. So we booked the tow. We get in the in the tow boat. And it, the night before, we're listening to the weather radio, and they're talking 35-mile-an-hour gusting winds. And I'm like, this is oh, – yeah. I, was, I was so stressed because this is like the first time. It's like, what's going to happen if we fail? Like, what do we do? What's our plan B? and uh, Or plan C in that sense. So we start gearing up and putting stuff in the towboat, and I'm watching the, the driver, the guide. She's putting on rain gear, and it's bluebird skies. It's gorgeous. But they have John boats, and they're terrible in anything but flat water. Mm-hmm. So she's got all our rain gear on, and we're not in our rain gear because our rain gear is packed at the very bottom because it's gorgeous out. And we get in the boat, and we're tooling through this gorgeous part. It's a very narrow channel. It's super calm. And then she's like, all right, so... It's going to be a little windy around the corner here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we saw that. And we start going. And within five minutes, as if it's as if we jumped in the water and took a swim. Like, huh. we are completely Soaked. drenched. Every wave, the water's coming up over the bow, and it's smacking into <laughs> us. Aubrey's shivering violently. It's cold. It's freezing cold because we're, you know, driving 10 miles an hour. So we got a headwind plus 35-mile-an-hour gust, plus we're soaking wet. And the sun isn't fully up yet because it's 7 in the morning. And we get to American Point. And I was like, there's no way we can't do this. Like mm-hmm. we have to, we have to go with our plan B because you can look in the Red Rock area. It's pretty flat. And so she was an amazing guide driver. Abby. Her. Thank Abby, you, Abby yeah. at Voyager Outfitters. And she looked at me, she goes, I can take you in there. I was like, yeah, mm. let's, let's do that. <laughs> so we, we, we aborted the plan. Mm. We cut off about 10 miles of our trip. Um, uh, so long story short on that, we, we dump into Red Rock, we start paddling. It's not too windy. It's okay. Everyone's paddling fine. Jack's stern paddling. Um, and we, we did good. We, at, we, we decided because of the amount of people that we had heard about, we wanted to be off the water by noon at the latest. Cause yeah, we'd heard that there's a ton of people up there and just for listeners. So you have to get a campsite. Like when you get to the lake, you have to get, find your campsite, um, but because there's so many people up there, there's a lot of times you get to a lake and every campsite is full and then you're just out of luck or you have to find another like just random place or like camp or go on to the, another lake, camp in the portage, like Ian said, Keep or, going. Yeah, or yeah. yeah, find another lake to go to. And it's just, and it, it's really stressful because it's like, are we going to find a spot? Are we going to find a spot? Are we going to find a spot? It's like no room at the inn. Go yeah. sleep in the, you know, <laughs> go sleep in the manger or whatever. You know, it's like, it's really stressful. Yep. Uh, so first sight we saw at 11 and we're like, we're getting off the water. We're just taking this one. And then the next day we got up and we started paddling and this is where it started to go south a little bit because my daughter who was in the front with me decided about halfway through, she's like, I'm over this. I'm done. It's 10. She just stopped. She's 10. So (laughs) just like, yeah, totally understandable, but she stopped paddling. I was getting frustrated because we get to the next portage and then she's like, I don't want to walk now. So she didn't want to paddle or walk. So then I started yelling at her and then. It all spiraled out of control very fast. And she's prone to anxiety. And so she was getting really stressed because there was three boats coming behind us. She's mad at me for yelling at her. I'm mad because I'm yelling at her. And then she starts throwing up. And so, but then I'm, I'm freaking out because she, like a lot of things started clicking. She'd been complaining about a headache for like four days. Then she started complaining that her stomach hurt in a very localized spot. Hmm. And now she's throwing up. And I was like, Holy crap. What if her appendix is bursting right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. And so we, we're paddling into the wind or I'm paddling into the wind on Jasper Lake and she starts throwing up out of the side of the boat 
And we beeline to this island. We get out. And then I'm mad because she's ruining everything. And I'm mad at you for <laughs> yeah, being mad at her. Standard, standard parental child yeah. argument. It just goes in circles and everyone gets out of control. So then I start getting really worried about her appendix. And we just say, there's whatever campsite's near us, we're going straight there. We went there. I was taking her temperature. She was like 94. Which I'm like, what? this isn't even possible, but it's windy. So I'm like, we got to get her out of the wind. So we set up a tent and it was like, I'm going into like medevac mode. Like how we got to make sure everything's okay. So we get her in a sleeping bag. We warm her up. Cause like that's borderline hypothermic. And, uh, we start checking her temp and she's, she's just out of it for the rest of the day. And mm. also let me add to this. It's the day before her birthday. Yes. Her birthday <laughs> was the next day. <laughs> the poor thing was I think she had a panic attack. She had a panic attack is mm-hmm. what we're, we're going with. And mm-hmm. so uh, later in the day, she perked up. She's great. And then her birthday, she was amazing. And the trip after that was great. Hmm. Um, but it never stopped blowing 30 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. Really? So the to, whole time. to move to any other lake, we had to be up at five in the morning, on the water by six, off the water by 10. And that was non-negotiable. If we wanted to get to another campsite off the water by 10 if not earlier and so because we were going we were trying to travel west and it was and the wind was coming out of the west so we was like (laughs) we were fighting the wind the whole way yeah so we didn't get nearly as far as we wanted to we ended up on we we did close we were we were short by one lake yeah which was great yeah Um, so we ended up on um ogish Ogishkimunshi. I don't. We called it Ogi. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Ogish. Ogish. Uh, but we found the Beautiful most lake. amazing campsite Beautiful. on Ogish. And we stayed there three days. We did a day mm. trip on the windiest of the days mm. we were there and paddled our asses off into the headwind. We put the kids in the middle. This time we just went in one canoe for the day trip. And then on the way back, it was like we were surfing all the way yeah. back. Like, mm. I, I could lift up the paddles and we were doing like. 50 miles an hour <laughs> the campsite. So that was great. Um, and then, of course, the last day um, coming out, no wind. Yeah, we of really, course. We were really looking forward oh, to the so... wind all the way back to the car, and it was yeah. flat, and it was it's, hot. It was, That's how it goes. That's and how it goes. beautiful. Yeah. The last day, it was just gorgeous. Yep. Huh. And then we left. <laughs> so it was, was it just windy, or was it also rainy? It or? was just wind. So it was, it was sunny, sunny and hot was, still? It, well, no, it wasn't hot, oh. because it was blowing 20 miles an hour. Mm. So we had this great breeze. There were no, no bugs. bugs. The water Perfect. was warm. Uh, Jack got to do a little fishing. Um, but the thing that threw us off is, so last year, Aubrey read two books and was dying to read more. So we were just handing her whatever, like instruction manuals to stoves and this little... Uh, in our med kit, it had a book of, you know, first aid in the wilderness. So she read that one cover to cover. And so this year we brought her three books, very thick books, the Hunger Games trilogy, because now she's that age. And uh, Jack brought two books, the Hatchet series, uh, two of the three. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I don't I don't read much anyway. So two books. is." Yeah, fine. he's too cool for school. He doesn't yeah. read, right? Uh, he read five books. <laughs> he flew he read through them. Both the books of the Hatchet series and the entire Hunger Games trilogy. <laughs> nice. In the time we were in the Boundary Waters, and Aubrey, uh, they kept fighting because she brought her books, the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. So he was like hovering over her shoulder. <laughs> like, are you done with that yet? Are you done with that yet? Are you done yet? And she's like, no, I'm not. And so that was that was tough to navigate because they couldn't stop reading for some reason. I don't know. Where Which that that's from. not a problem, though. Like, do, yeah. you, do you hear that's what? Great. Do you listen I, to yourself? Yeah, it, was, it was very strange. Oh, it's just what a crisis. Our they kids could, were fighting would not over books. stop yeah. reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it was everything was great. Hmm. One site uh, just before we left, and maybe when you guys went out, they had a bear bag mandate. You had to hang all your bags. Yep. 
Um, I we were blue barrel for a long time, so we just go hide that in the woods. Plus, we had ursacs we could tie to a tree, but the Forest Service hadn't verified that yet. And so we were bringing all our stuff to hang in the tree, and I left all our ursacs at home. And they were like, "Oh, ursacs are good now; they're certified with the U.S. Forest Service." Hmm. Like, Damn it, because <laughs> we could have just tied them to trees instead of trying to find trees to hang them from the entire time. Which the Jasper Lake one was awful. It took me four hours to figure out how to hang it in a tree. Couldn't find any trees that would work. We we're hiking all over the place. We were getting three trees involved. Hmm. <laughs> like it was a very big system. Triangulating the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. We were all blue barrel, like you know. Yeah big old olive plastic barrels that yeah. you just kind of leave there. But yeah, well, I mean that area. So I think it was after you guys went, the forest service said has to be hanging huh. or it has to be in a certified bear safe container. And so you either take eight bear safe containers or you hang it in a tree. So why would they say that? Because the drought is making it so the bears have very little food. Oh, and so they're becoming okay. more and more emboldened and people do a really bad job with black bears you have to be a jerk like you have to you have to throw rocks at them you have to yell at them you have to chase them away and most people just like back up and start taking video and they'll yell but that doesn't do anything and so the, a lot of the bears in that area are just like okay they're yelling but whatever i'm just gonna steal your food mm. and so that whole area is is they have a bear problem in some areas this year it was a little more than most and so they just said screw it hang your bags it's required now which sucks and we didn't see any. We didn't see any either. We didn't see a single. We saw didn't, a bunch of birds. Didn't see a we, Yeah, we saw loons. Yeah. I, was like, I was Big grouse. Saw grouse. Some grouse. Yeah, just yeah. like walking all back and forth through our campsite. Nice. Yeah. But I was shocked at like how little wildlife. Mm. I thought there would be a lot more. Mm-hmm. We saw a massive. We, um, oh. we, we swam out to this island that was kind of, we were camped in a bay. There's an island out in the middle of the bay. So we kind of swam. It was not too far, but it was a good swim out to this island out in the bay. Kind of spelunked it, ran around on it, just checked it out. And then we were jumping back in the water to swim back. And it's, you know, rocky shore around this island. <clears throat> kind of like riprap, but all natural. And Charlie goes jumping into the water. And there was a um, bigger than a large MacBook laptop rock that was actually a snapper, snapper shell oh, <laughs> with no. huge snapper tail sitting right there and like 18 inches of water oh my god and that freaked like charlie almost didn't swim back like once he saw like the bite the dinosaurs off. that were in the like the snappers that were in the water right there he yeah. was just like i i'm gonna be okay I, I don't need to swim i'm, I'm here okay. now guys <laughs> the joke you know though became <laughs> that that was my spirit animal <laughs> And that <laughs> snapper turtle? it was protecting that <laughs> island for me that I, we were calling Mom Island because mm. Mom needed a place to go <laughs> nice, and nice. be alone. And maybe the snapper was there to protect me yeah. on the island. Nice. I love that. Yeah. What was the, yeah, my, the kids, so my spirit animal is a loon, totally. But the kids were saying that there was a second spirit animal for me. And it basically boiled down to the fact that I was... a a total crab like that i was like a crabby old mom and that was yeah, my spirit animal for that reason that and was. i can't remember now which one yeah. it was yeah i can't remember hmm. either uh, it was a boundary waters animal yeah, i think no so. i think it was just something just an animal <laughs> it was just, yeah some random yeah. animal that they decided oh mom's really crabby it, was, it wasn't very romantic either uh, it was probably like a trash panda or something like that. what was it i, I can't remember jack and ask him. the the weirdest thing that we saw and i didn't think 
um, maybe one of the listeners of this podcast can comment on the website and set us straight. <laughs> um, I didn't think this was a thing, but we were on a single lake and there was, um, I thought loons were like one family per lake or uh, one family per bay in a lake. And we were paddling and we went through this like flock. Yeah, flock of like wow. 30 loons. Oh my so God. Crazy. 30. Oh, yeah. All together. Like, oh my God. In the middle just of the lake. Out the, and they were just kind of watching us. They obviously yeah. hadn't spent a lot of time around people or whatever. Like they weren't afraid of us. Out in the middle of huge water. But yeah, like that was, that was 30 loons. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We've, we've seen like, I mean, one of the days we saw five or six hanging out together. They're definitely not a social animal. No. But they're, yeah, it's weird. Unless it was really, I mean... They're really territorial about their hunting grounds. We know that because last year's Boundary Waters trip, we were watching learns. Like, I learned they're giant jerks. They're kind of assholes. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Really mean to mergansers. Like, hmm. they target mergansers specifically, it seemed like, because they would, the mergansers would be floating on the water and kind of looking down, trying to find a fish. And all of a sudden, this huge explosion would come up out of the water, and a loon would come up and just beat the crap out of them with its wings. <laughs> like, they would dive back underwater, and the, the mergansers would be like, oh, God, I'm glad it's gone. And then five seconds later, it would come diving up the other side and beat bang, the crap bang, out bang, of them again. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> so, yeah, I know they're territorial, but I didn't know they would do groups of 30. And maybe it was fires. Maybe it was like, who knows? But it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah. like, here's the loon party. Here's like 30 of them yeah. in the middle. It was, of the a, it was a weird year in the Boundary Waters, I think. I mean, like with with the fires, with the wind, with the drought, with... Well, and with COVID and like mm-hmm. increased um, yeah. campership up there because there's so few other things to do. Yeah. I will say to. we didn't see... We saw... The first day we saw a lot of canoes, but every lake had plenty of campsites open. Hmm. Like we... There was no reason to be stressed, which is, which is as a family, that is our number one trigger is when you're paddling on the lake and you look over your shoulder and you see a couple canoes coming up behind you. Yeah. Everyone's go, like, go, yeah. go. you're like, oh my gosh, they're going for our exact <laughs> campsite. Go, exactly. go, go. And really in reality, they're yeah. probably going to go three more lakes yeah. beyond where you're going to stop. Yeah. But it's this it's, like, oof. it's really stressful. Did you see many like camps, like groups of kids out? Nope. I'd heard about a lot of groups okay. of kids because a, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the outfitters, well, I guess a lot of the outfitters that are in that area were done for the summer by the time we got there. Okay. But when you were there, it sounds like there was a lot of them. There were a ton of, ton yeah. of kids. Yeah. Saw a couple widget groups, two or three widget groups. We saw a bunch of Boy Scout groups because mm-hmm. Moose Lake has a Boy Scout, um, big, huge Boy Scout camp, um, Northern Star Council camp. Um, and then what was the one that had the red? There was another group of camp kids there, that we saw that yeah. had like red canoes maybe they were i don't know but they were carrying everything in wood boxes yes with yes. leather straps on their heads they had that what? they're a talk of the, the yes. boundary waters forum that specific group is the talk of the forum mm. because they typically they're in canada and oh. they can't get to canada right now and in canada there's not as much portaging it's just paddling to your campsites and then you can camp anywhere so they have all the stuff in these boxes and so, yeah, that was one of the things I was curious if I was going to see a yeah. bunch of it. But they we were like yeah. one meter by one meter boxes yep. by like 20 inches deep, yep. 15 to 20 inches deep. And on their head with a strap. And, and then it was strap. a big leather yeah. strap from like the top corner to the other top corner. Yeah. And some kid would kind of like squat down and another kid would like lift up this plywood box <laughs> like that had been soaking in water, probably weighs a ton. Oh. Lift up the plywood box kind of onto their back. I mean, they're really kind of cranked over. Put the leather strap across the forehead and be like, all right, you're good to go. 
<clears throat> that sounds terrible. Yeah, and, that yeah, does not like, sound like that fun. It didn't look comfortable. Nothing at but all. neck. Oof, Which, yeah. I mean, you know, we're using, whatever, we're using Duluth packs that are 1938 technology ourselves. But that was like, <laughs> yeah. that looks yeah. new and modern <laughs> compared to the uh-huh. plywood boxes. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay, so when are, when are you going back? Are you going to go back? Jody? are you going to go back to the Boundary Waters and when? Yes. Has this um, been decided yet? I, it has not been decided yet. I had planned um, to potentially go um, with a friend of mine, not to do the, I mean, maybe to paddle into a lake mm-hmm. and maybe camp and then paddle out or yes. just paddle in and then go stay at a cabin or something like that. But there was maybe that kind of a fallish type plan, but nothing that's been officially developed from our family perspective or from mine. But I do also think that I would like to go with just a group of I would like to go without my kids, quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I no, I would be I would be down for that. I mean, if I could find some women who would carry the canoe for me. <laughs> and paddle them back. And well yeah, well jo- Jody can stern paddle. I can yeah, I can paddle. So them. We, yeah. we ha- we make as long as there's team. not any wind. We make the perfect team, you and me, right? <laughs> so we could totally do it. I think we should Yeah. Get it on the calendar for next summer. Yeah. How about, do you have the next one planned? Uh, we, last year we went in the fall. We went end of September. We were planning on doing it again this year. Um, but who knows? Uh, yeah, with the fires. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see if they open again. And we can't, yeah, and if there's burn bans still in place. That, you know, that was the other thing yeah. about this year. You couldn't have a campfire in the Boundary mm-hmm. Waters, which is a bummer. But there's no way you can go fall camping without a fire because it's just too cold. Like, that would be miserable. Mm-hmm. At least the Canadian border is open now. True. Uh, are they? Open-ish. They're to non-essential travel. <laughs> no, is... I thought it was non-essential travel was okay as long as you had a, a proof of vaccination. I thought they recently just changed it back. Oh, maybe. I could it, be it's wrong. all, it's all in check flux. This yeah. 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 Listeners, yeah. this will fact check. E- and then way, go do right. the Zeps 10K. Zeps yeah. had a fun run. <laughs> Zeps. Either way, the problem with that is Quetico is where you'd go. Yeah. And it's all on fire. Well, true. <laughs> wah, wah. And they're not containing it because it's the middle of nowhere, Canada. So I'll know. leave my plywood boxes at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> More fuel for the fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we're looking uh, September. I got a buddy who really wants to go um, late October, November. He wants it. He wants a snowstorm while he's there. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, last September we went and as we were putting in there's this this older couple that was coming out and you could tell they're like been in the boundary water since the 60s right they, they have like he left something on a rock and i was like what, what is that guy doing he left and i went and looked at it, it looked like moss later i found it's tobacco it's like his gift to the wind gods mm-hmm. right and we talked and he was like he was so excited about our kids end of september going into the boundary waters like he was super thrilled about that and he gave us his card and he was telling us all these books we should read. And he was a very nice guy. And we lost the card and we have no idea what his name is now. <laughs> yeah. But so, <laughs> oh, so best we're, intentions. Yeah. We're, we're in this, this John boat getting soaking wet. We get to American Point and I catch, I, I land, you know, I step out off the, off the boat to catch the boat so it doesn't smash into the rocks. And this guy comes out of the woods and I look up and I'm like, I know you. And we ran into the exact same couple as we were landing and he was, he was, you know, coming out. And, um, and so we're talking, he's like, oh yeah, you know, you had your kid, they're your kids right there. And he starts talking to us and he's like, uh, the guy that was with us, she's like, are you waiting for a ride? And he goes, no, we're windbound right now. And I looked at him and I was like, well, if that guy's windbound, Mm -hmm. we're, we're in deep trouble. 
Yeah. Um, but he he was telling us that he went in November and had to chip ice off the off the Brule shore, Lake, right? Because we went of, to Brule Lake in yeah. the in the oh, fall. He had to like take a hatchet and cut the ice so mm-hmm. he could get the canoe to float, and then they could. Go I off mean, at that point, why? Like, why? I think that would why be really not? fun. And so, a buddy of mine, I think that sounds awful. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. you're not invited on that yeah. trip, so it's all good. <laughs> all stay home. Great. <laughs> it wasn't even an option. <laughs> so my buddy wants to do that. So hopefully, end of fall, and then again in November. And then for the uh, ice chipping, uh, for the ice chipping, mm-hmm. and then again, hopefully, oh, the end winter. of December, winter camping. Yes, I, I've agreed to two nights of winter camping per winter season, because I used to say tw- two nights a year, but then I realized Ian could be like, well, if we go December thirtieth <laughs> and thirty first, and, and then, then the January first, the uh-huh. so uh-huh. it's like two nights per season. Yeah, so hmm. we'll see. So those are our plans. We'll see if it works. So of everything you guys brought, everything you guys did, what's your top tip? Uh, okay. Uh, top. I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, so they make a, a special bag called OPSAC or OPSAC or however you want to pronounce it. Nobody, I don't really know how other people pronounce it. It's a completely order proof bag. It's like a giant Ziploc. It's very thick. No sense getting in or out. Typically, you use them inside an ursac, and an ursac is a Kevlar bag that's made to be bear-proof so they can't tear it apart. And then it's made so they can't smell the food that's inside. Last year, we used just a normal trash bag for our trash, and we put our trash in there, and then we'd stick that in the blue barrel on top of all our food, and about halfway through, all our food started tasting like the trash that was in the trash. Oh, it was mm. so disgusting. And so this year, we put all the trash in one of these odor-proof bags and that was yeah, that game was great. changer mm, yeah. for this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything else is kind of standard for what we've done in the past. Um, but I'd say odor-proof bag for your trash is... And a, and a Kindle. We just oh, invested yeah. in Kindles. We're getting Kindles for the kids so they can have as many books as they can possibly get their because, hands yeah. Can you keep them charged? Apparently they last a couple of weeks. Oh, huh. they we do. Have, I haven't seen oh. them yet. They're in the mail, but... Interesting. Because yeah. that was like one of our backpack. The backpack that Aubrey carried was just all books. That's and all it, it weighed was. like 25 pounds. And they yeah. went through all the books in the bag so yeah. kindles from now on yeah. yep we carried a lot of books too but i can't say that anyone got through them that is i mean i'm filled with fiery jealousy right now <laughs> Mine it, it, just could been, it could have been a fluke like i don't know it, every time like jack normally likes to run off into the woods and explore and and fish as much as he can but with the wind there's just you're mm. stuck in your sight there's no there's no leisurely paddling that you can do and so Every time I look around, he was like crouched in a brush, like on one of our campsites, he was trying to hide from the wind. So he put one of our travel chairs in the brush and like leaned against a tree. So he's like shrouded by, by brush and not being hit by the wind. And he just sat there for five hours and read. Yeah, literally. <laughs> okay. So Jody, Andy, top tip. I'd say there's probably two. I'm so late to the game on this, but I've wanted one for like 30 years. So I finally invested in a Crazy Creek chair mm. for myself and for Jody. This is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the whole time I was like, oh, that just, that just seems so like over the top. Like, oh, you got to carry this thing. It's a chair. You're carrying a chair. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. You mm. sit down on that thing and you get it all adjusted correct. And you could just sit there for hours comfortably and just kind of hang out. And you liked it? I did. That's the first thing I bought Lynn. Oh, the very first time we went to the Boundary Waters, there you go. and I was shocked she hated it. Oh, you didn't she, like your crazy. Remember car. the chair you'd sit on in the canoe, and it had the back, 
and you'd tighten it up so you could lean back in the canoe. Okay. And you hated it. Well, when we were paddling, did I, did I use it when we were? That's, that's his intended uses for battling. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. And we were just using it like, honestly, like on a rock in the campsite, just like, but here's a place to sit down and have like, a oh, that's what and, you wouldn't yeah, use it in the canoe. We wouldn't use it in the canoe. Oh, okay. 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 So we use, yeah, no, that's great. Cause yeah. we use them for, um, we don't have them anymore. I gave two of them away, but we use just the REI travel light chairs mm-hmm. that break down their little, little tiny ones. So those, those are the ones we bring. Those are awesome. Do those just fit in a bag? Yeah, they're like this big. Oh. Yeah, and the, so you, you just assemble them like little tent poles. You've seen them, I'm sure, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I think I fell off of one. Yeah, of yours. really, yeah. really <laughs> tippy. <laughs> but if you do it just right, you can lean back, and it's really comfy. And um, the uh, the problem we have is we only bring two because we try and save weight, and so half the time we're fighting over chairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what's number two? You said you had two. Yeah, I mean, jo- Jody did great food. We'll talk about food mm. in a second. Oh. We, we did... Um, I mean, we always do press pot stuff, but we have this like little titanium press pot and that was a, a total jammer that we used multiple times a day, every single day. No question. What do you mean press pot? Like a, like, like a, a coffee, a, co- a okay. coffee, oh, French you know, kind of French press. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Just to wake up and have like, you know, be a little civilized every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was nice. Stay tuned for more from the twins on future episodes. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at we do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions, so let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We don't judge. Been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.